One of the things that I've noticed, um, like in Joe's story and mine, um, that most men, uh, just because of the tyranny, the urgent or to-do list, that they uh, oftentimes feel like they're barely living above just a a mere existence or even survival. And again, I make an observation like that with no criticism or condemnation, but it's just the reality of life. Reality is hard. And when we have an inspiration of a vision, it, it is going to be tested like we just heard. And the fulfillment of that is, um, it is a challenge. But yet, the vision itself is worthy of pursuit. But yet, the day-to-day wears us thin, doesn't it? But when we take time to explore our dreams and um, our desires and our visions, um, one of the immediate things we're faced with is our fears. Whereas the thing of vision and dreams is something that God has instilled in all of us because it is because of the mustard seed, a measure of faith that God has put into us. Whenever that seed of faith gets activated, it leaves room for God's vision and his dreams to take place in our lives. But as soon as we begin stepping into that, what happens? We're smack dab in the face of our fears. And so that's the death that I'm talking about. And then it comes in the form of disappointments or discouragement or despair. We've talked about those things, but we continue to talk about them because we want to become aware of what they are. So when they raise their head up, we know what they are and we can speak to it. And we understand the temptation of fear, but rather we can call it what it is, bring light to it, and then let the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shine over that and activate our faith. And when we do that, we begin stepping into our vision once again. So again, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he who keeps the law, happy is he or blessed is he. I grew up with the King James Version. Maybe some of you guys did too. And that's, the, that's kind of the common or familiar uh, translation for this passage that's often quoted in com- you know, conferences and churches and just in discussion. But in the NIV, it takes a little bit of a different um, uh, emphasis. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. I think the, the ESV refers to it as a prophetic vision. And I'd like to invite you guys to think just for a moment, and maybe we can talk for just a minute, about the word vision. But in a pure biblical sense, vision, when I hear the word vision, it, it has a bit of a secular tone to it. But yet the true context of this passage really is more revelation which is a fuller and richer word. But, so, let me just ask you guys, when I say the word vision, what comes to mind for you guys? What are some things that spur in your thinking as we talk about this tonight? Calling. Calling. Great. Wisdom. Dream. Dream, yes. Direction. Inspiration. Great. What else? Plans. Plans. You're good. 
Big? Cool. <laughs> those are great. And when we don't have any of those, and all those words encompass in some ways this idea of vision and revelations, we kind of die, don't we? Is anyone like me in this area? When we don't have that, and the sum of our day is really how well we managed our to-do list, and when we don't manage that too well, we feel like, what good are we? Right? Isn't it amazing how confused we can get when we manage our work of the day of how easily that creeps in to define who we are? It's a slippery slope, gentlemen. And I've been there. And that was really expressed a few months ago when I was in one of those you know, modes as I get into where you're heavy into project management or you're going 100 miles an hour of meeting after meetings. And one of these little coffee chai dates that Carrie and I have a few times a week in the morning. It's such a sweet moment for a husband and wife where Carrie and just her tenderness as a wife, you know, wives have a, a way just to kind of cut through it. And she just simply asks, you know, so what are your dreams and your desires. And you know what, man, I, in that moment, even in the freshness of the morning, I couldn't tell her. I, I couldn't. I, I, it, was, it was either felt like it was forgotten or buried so deep because I was managing the responsibilities of the day, but it just, it was gone. And even in a way that our wives should be able to draw us out of us, or a good friend. I literally could not muster it up. But her question, in the simplicity and innocence of it, stirred something. That if I can't even speak it in the, in the, the intimacy of that setting, what in the world am I doing to cast that vision that God stuck inside of my heart out in the marketplace? Or to you men? or to other friends, but rather I'm a guy who's just like anybody else who's just dealing with the tyranny of the urgent. Has anybody been there? Is anybody there tonight, if you're honest? Thank you. Isn't it interesting how we go through these waves and seasons depending on what's happening in our lives, but yet, men, I just want to stop and affirm you that it's inside of you. And if, if anything comes of this evening, that I just want to remind you of the vision that God has put inside of you. My desire and hope and prayer tonight is that God would fan into flame the gifts inside of you that would stir up faith that you would not have a spirit of timidity over you, but of power, love, and discipline so that you can see this vision and step into it. Now, a little clue on vision is that the bigger the vision is, sometimes the more time it takes to step into it. And, and the bigger the vision is, sometimes the timing has much more to do with you than it is God's ability to fulfill it. That he is developing you, men of God, into the conduits of grace and faith and love to represent Christ to the very audience to where God would see that vision fulfilled. 
Now, just a word, just on context of vision, because vision in a secular sense is I'm going to go get that truck, I'm going to get that house, I'm going to get that new wife. You know, it kind of can go downhill fast, right? (laughs) The goal. That the vision is always, always in complement of Scripture. When you look at the, the big ideas of God's will in terms of commandment teaching, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, covenant teaching of the, the kind of men that we're called to be and therefore represent Christ in other people's lives, the kind of commission men that we're called to be to go and make disciples, and to build his kingdom above our own. And that vision is more about his glory than it is our own. But we have a part to play in it, don't we? The reality is, as we get fired up with vision, and so if I'm sounding a little monotone tonight, it's maybe by design because I get fired up about these things. But the reality is, is most men have lost it. And I want to call that out of you in Jesus' name tonight. So, why in the world do we need a vision? Some of you guys use some words like direction and plans and those kind of things. It's because the reality is life is hard and there is stuff that hits us every day. And we do have to manage the responsibilities in front of us, don't we? We still have bills to pay. We still have commitments to fulfill. But what keeps us from stumbling over those things and continuing on the path? What are the guardrails in your life that keep you focused on where you're going? And that is the vision that God's put inside of you. Why are you here? And, and that is maybe more missional talk. And what are you doing to get you there? And that's a vision that's behind that. But if that's not written down it's often forgotten. And maybe somewhere for some of you guys, you've had moments and times with the Lord where you've written it down and maybe it's buried really far away and it's time to pull that back up again and revisit that. And I would like to encourage you to even take it a step further and to invite a trusted few into that that can ask you about that vision. Because when you forget, it's amazing what men will do when they are called out on, where are you with this? And something inside of you causes you to snap to attention because you're aware. And what that's doing inside of you is it's activating your faith and everything suddenly gets in perspective of just like, all this other garbage that I'm dealing with today really doesn't matter. Because this is where I'm going. Because that vision really represents somewhat of who you are. So what is your vision? Have you taken time to really define it? And for you guys that maybe have written it down, is it time to refine it for what that is? What's your vision statement look like? And I encourage you just to take time and, and pray and think through that and get alone with the Lord with that. So let's just take a second and look at the second part of the vision statement. Is I'm sorry, the vision verse of just that without a vision, the people will perish. 
but happy is he who keeps the law. What is the relationship to the word of God relative to your vision? Isn't it interesting tonight in hearing Joe Lewis's story that the vision was birthed connected to James 1.27, where the inspiration was there and the heart was tenderized to it, but really the inception of the vision for the work that he's doing today came from a biblical insight and almost calling from the Word of God. And so men in that tonight, blessed are you and happy are you if you were men of the Word. And so I charge you in relationship to this vision is that you need to get into the Word and saturate yourself with that. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. There's no guardrails where you don't know where you're going. I really like the word revelation better. I'm more endeared to its word because it is, I don't see that as a secular word. It's really more represents when I spend time with God and he speaks to me. Let me just stop right there. I've literally sat with men over the years who almost in a heart cry throw out their hands and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't hear God in the way that you hear them, Russell. He doesn't speak to me in the way that he speaks to you. So if any of you are here tonight who don't really have that kind of exchange with the Lord, I want to encourage you to start where you are and start in the Word of God. And let the Word of God begin speaking to you. And as you spend time with the Lord and in His Word, He will begin speaking vision and revelation over you. Now, let me pause in this thought and just give you a practical thing in my journey. I, I haven't heard this from others. I haven't necessarily had it tested. If you want to, you know, talk with me about it, that's great. This is just kind of my experience. So often when I am really got something heavy and weighing on me, I often enter my time with the Lord with what's weighing on me relative to what I do. It's my job. It's my responsibilities. It's my commitments. If this doesn't happen, what's going to happen with that? And I come in with a certain point of honestly anxiety, and I'm really asking the Lord for some relief. And, oh God, you promised wisdom and direction So please lead me in that. And I start continually. I've done this for a long time. Maybe you guys do too. I start with whatever is what I do. And the more time I find myself broken before the Lord in contrite spirit that literally that I become so aware of my need for grace and salvation where I am literally undone before the Lord in these moments that are so tender and precious that suddenly my to-do list becomes irrelevant. 
And, I, and I'll just share with you guys that in these moments of how do I hear God, that when God speaks to me, he never speaks of my to-do list first. He speaks to me in somewhat of this order. And God's a big God, so he can speak to you how he'd like. But God speaks to me first of who he is. All of a sudden, I am overwhelmed. It's almost as if my eyes are open and I look around and I see the sunrise and I see creation and I see clouds and a mountain and birds are chirping. And while the birds are chirping and he promises to provide for my needs, it's who God is. And so it's this attitude of worship that begins to get me moving when I am just stuck. And from that place of worship, who God is... This is really where it gets tender, guys. God speaks to who I am. He reminds me passages and promises of Scripture, words of affirmation of who I am. This is big on Brady's talks of sonship, representing who I am. And you begin, something happens inside of you, who God is who I am in light of who he is. And then as we move into this, if I take time, sometimes I cut it short because I got to go or, you know, uh, it's just too much. Because, guys, this isn't a five-minute devotional on the toilet, right? (laughs) Maybe it is for you, but... (laughs) But, and this isn't every day either. This is just some of these moments where go through this. And then... As, as, as a good father would, he leads me into not what I do as much as how I do. The character of this man. And often that comes through just a leading and a wooing of the Spirit, if I can use that word among men, of the fruits of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience. And I begin finding myself speaking and praying those things over. And literally the Lord starts bringing people to mind relative to those fruits of how I do life. Usually the people I'm having the most trouble with. (laughs) And then the what you do often gets directed clarified, confirmed, or just simply a peace where you're just, your soul is at rest. Be still and know that I am God. That is in my questions, if they don't get answered, it isn't the right time. The Lord wants me to rest in his presence. And guys, this is a little bit of my journey and I just appreciate just the opportunity to share that with you. Does that help in any way? as a spiritual direction. It's in those moments when they come that your soul is tender and right for the Lord to reveal himself and a vision to you. And my goodness, men, when you hear from the Lord, there is nothing more affirming and validating to the masculine soul than to hear from your father. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You're as, it's as if you're bulletproof. 
And so you're no longer without revelation. You're no longer without vision. You are a man full of life. And you're a man blessed because of the word, because you get to that place, because the promises of God are saturated in your soul from hours spent with him. And it's a blessing. And so, guys, if you've got death on you tonight, I speak life to you in Jesus' name. But I charge you to go to your Father and create some space in the tyranny and the urgent to go through just that process of just laying yourself before the Lord in an attitude of worship and let him affirm who you are and let him guide you through the scriptures of how you do things. And then he'll either cause you to rest or begin speaking some direction. And then maybe as the Lord sometimes do, does, in his timing, he can give you a whopper. <laughs> and they're wonderful. And that's, um, and the, guys, that's just the personal vision that I want to invite you to. And some of you guys are seasoned along the road. And I just share this with you in kind of this tender way tonight. Because I, if your vision is dead or needs to be drawn back out, do it. And so I would also just ask, as I asked a few weeks ago, who are the voices in your life? What are the voices in your life? Everything from media to, you know, your boss, whatever the situation is. What are the voices in your life that are competing either for or against this vision that God has given you? Because those are some of the things that are either going to affirm that and put life to that and encourage you in that or literally just kill it. And that you just have to manage and be disciplined and of sound mind the voices in your life. And then finally, a question is who, I mean who, specifically, names should be coming to mind right now, of who are you walking with in this vision that God has given you. And I would like you guys to be very specific. And so we've got some sheets tonight that you know we usually hand out. And I would just like a little different format as we close this evening. But to give you guys just a couple, three minutes of quiet. To write down a word, a phrase, a sentence of the vision... God has spoken to you? What are those dreams? And then write down who are those voices in your life in two boxes or two columns for and against. And write them down, gentlemen. And then finally, who are the one or two or three men that you can invite further into this process with you of just stepping into God's vision? Because you know what, guys? I am so for Joe Lewis because when he shares that story, I'm vested into him. And when you guys share your story, I get vested into you and I hope vice versa. It's inspiring and encourages and fans of flame into one another as we do that. And so, guys, vision statement, really revelation. 
press into the Lord. I encourage you, exhort you to this whole other level of depth of intimacy and and transparency in your walk with God more than just a to-do list of a devotional. That's not what I'm talking about. And if you don't know how to do that or what that looks like, find a few men who can invite you into what it looks like for them because it's going to be different for everybody, right? So, voices, who you're walking with, and what's your vision. So, um, and I just encourage you guys to commit your, commit your way to the Lord and whatever you do, and your plans will succeed, Proverbs 16, 3. As you guys commit yourself to this vision, it will be tested. But as you commit to it and walk into this thing, the Lord will guide you in that. And if it's not of him, it'll, it'll fade. It'll fade. So, guys, I've shared with you just some of my devotional responses. And I started this earlier with a story of the guy that I met on the airplane And the next morning, I wrote this personal vision devotional. And, um, well, interestingly enough, because I was all fired up with the personal vision, I literally got avalanched the next few days. So if you notice the dates, a few days later, I'm writing a devotional on guard your heart. (laughs) So what are the enemies to your vision And just, you know, think through some of those things, how you should guard your heart. And again, it's a devotional time. So if that helps you enter in to the Lord's presence even further, that would be great. So tonight's focus is part of a three-part talk of personal vision, which has everything to do with your relationship with God. And as you guys get filled with life, then it cannot help but to carry over to those you care about and beyond. So next week... The natural point for progression for us is we're going to move into a vision for your family. Do you guys have a vision for your wife? Do you have a vision for each of your kids? And I just want to lead you through a time of thinking biblically and also some practical ideas about that. And then third week, I want to, we want to move into a vision for work. And if I could use a little bit of theology of work language of just the differences between your job versus your work. And it has everything to do with your calling. And I want to invite you to look biblically at that. that, And we're going to actually look at the life of Paul relative to that. So I'm excited about where we're going the next few weeks. And uh, I hope you are too. So let me pray for you. And then uh, we'll uh, go into our discussion. Father, thank you for these men. God, I just pray that as you promise, as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. I just pray for an anointing of your presence over these men, that as they press into you, you would just completely fill them with your presence and that they would just find life and have it to the full in Jesus' name. Thank you for these men. I just pray that you would bless their discussions in these next few moments. I just pray, just um, particularly, I just pray and speak against anxiety and worry in this room. I just, I, I, I pray, Lord, that, as, that these men can just take it with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, that their hearts and minds can be guarded in Christ Jesus. And that in this moment, these next few moments, 
this would be sacred space and by the Spirit of God that you would give them peace that transcends understanding. Just let them experience the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ where they can be freed but mentally and in their heart and souls just to receive from you and from one another. In Jesus' name. Thank you, men. So grab your sheets, grab a couple pens, and um, begin writing down. And then you guys, if you like, share with one another.